All right, welcome to Old Town New World, our podcast here from Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina, and Millstone Pizza. I'm Jason Broadwater. I am Chris Trevay. And we're here to talk about the small world of Main Rock Hill Street. No, okay. And myself <laughs> with two T's and um, Robin Dorman. Robin, say hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Robin um, is usually on the podcast when we grab him from the office and say, Hey, dude, you want to be on the podcast? We're going to listen to rats. We're going to go over to Millstone and they're going to play some rats for us. <laughs> so we appreciate you being here. Um, we had a big announcement in Rock Hill from Comporium Communications. And basically, the announcement is um, that they're putting in one gigabit speed internet in downtown Rock Hill as part of a bigger project. So, like, Comporium Communications is um, a company that they were the Rock Hill Telephone Company back in the early 1900s. They've been around forever. They employ, you know, 2,500 people around here. They, they've invested huge money in the infrastructure of um, Rock Hill over just many, many years. They provide, you know, cable. Uh, internet, all that stuff, and um, they're investing in putting in one gigabit speed internet in the downtown area, and then in into the textile corridor and towards the university, all part of what they call the Knowledge Park Redevelopment Program. So here we are sitting in Millstone Pizza, and we're right next door to Rev and Flow, and we're going to be in this kind of net of, of services, in this one gigabit service. Now this puts us in the company of less than two dozen communities around the country that have one gigabit service currently. You know, you may have heard the whole uh, Google uh, years ago where they, maybe five years ago or something, they went and put fiber in and did one gigabit service in a couple of communities. Yeah, not even five years, I don't think. Not it, even, it's pretty yeah. recent, it's in the last yeah, couple like years. years yeah, so I know they got another list and we'll talk about that. They're wanting to do some more of it, but um, it's a pretty big deal that, uh, first of all, that we would even have that here. And it's a pretty big deal that it's done by a company that is a locally owned, locally run company that employs locally that many people that they're putting in the speed of internet that you would imagine could only be brought here by like, you know, distant, big corporate corporate kinds of entities. It's pretty amazing. So the question is, you know, how how will this influence, how will this change our future? from economic development, from a cultural development, uh, from a technology development. So as we look at this old town, new world stuff, how will this one gigabit thing change our, our future? What do you guys think? First, we need to find exactly what that means because like personally, I honestly have no clue what one gigabit means. It is, I believe it's one gigabit per second. So what it means, Giga, yes. So giga, like a gigabyte versus a gigabit, are these some I don't know if you bite it, if you bite it in the, Present tense, or if it's in the past tense, I'm not sure. But I'm not sure either. But that's, a, that's only a factor of eight, more or less, like times are divided by eight, which isn't much. So once anyway, again, I'm lost. The, okay, that's the scientific version. The, the the practical version is the difference between dial-up and what we're on now is the same difference between what we're on now and what we're about to get, which is huge. It's major. Like I tried to download uh, Pacific Rim when I was snowed in because I wanted to watch it before I drove to Redbox in the snow and four-wheel drive to get it. 
And um, it took like three hours, two and a half hours, three hours to download. You know, um, with this, you'd be able to download an HD full movie in two minutes. So, the, you know, not that this is all about, you know, getting your movies faster, but the point is, is how fast that is. Yeah, yeah. orders of magnitude. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think that's a good way to put it, too, that leap between dial-up and, you know, broadband. Like, the... Um, because I, mean, I think everyone can understand that. I mean, it was like the leap from like VHS to DVD or whatever. You know, it was like it's just back, a different. Way. V- I love VHS. Oh, I, I love VHS. Yeah. yeah, I like to rewind before I watch. Yeah, I, because I'm kind, and yeah. I like to display that and be kind. I like the fact that I'm watching like a continuous stream of images rather than a series of uh, discrete images. Wow, that's. Me too. <laughs> it's really the discretion that sets VHS apart. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, no, I think that's a good way to point because until you said that, honestly, I hadn't really considered exactly what it, it means. And so, and just much in the way that back when all I had was dial-up, I don't know that I could have totally conceived of what it, it would mean to have broadband. Like the same way, like I don't think I can totally understand that because, like personally, I um, like when you first told us about it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So now the internet will be faster. And then, and then my brain sort of stopped there and got off. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, and we tend to think, oh, that means that, you know, when I click on something on Reddit, it will load a little faster. So, cool. But think about how the economy, I mean, the global economy, the, lo- re- the national economy, the regional economy, the local economy changed when we went from dial-up to, to the speeds we're at now. I mean, nothing could be done over the internet and dial-up. Right, yeah. You couldn't run your business over the internet and, and dial-up. And people couldn't really imagine the things that would that, that came that came to pass once yeah. that did exist. Exactly. You know, I think it's genius when Google went in and put this uh, into some communities. They went into residential areas and did this. And what's cool about that is, you know, everybody was kind of like, "Why residential area? I mean, isn't the purpose of this like for economic development and, and commerce? And I mean, why go into residential areas?" But Google was genius because Google's looking for the radical change of the for the future of, of technology and the internet and who is, are the people that are creating this radical change it's the teenagers that live at their parents house in residential areas that are going to create the next big thing just by playing and tinkering at these new speeds with each with their with you know like between different residences. Yeah, exactly. So imagine living in a, in a neighborhood that is like I remember when I was growing up we had a uh, racetrack like it wasn't quite BMX quality, but it was a dirt bike racetrack that was we thought it was it was our BMX version. I like where this analogy is going. Okay, thank you. So in our neighborhood, so as a neighborhood, we had a shared space of this what we thought was kind of a BMX quality racetrack, and therefore our neighborhood had a, a really disproportionately large amount of kids that raced BMX and did well in the BMX track because we shared that type of technology yeah, yeah. whatever it is you know so think about a neighborhood that has this crazy advantage from a technology standpoint and they share it and they can play in that environment you know that's cool yeah. Yeah. it draws in whatever kind of business is going to need that because there's there's so many things it's like i mean yeah no matter what kind of connection you have as long as you don't have dial-up it's like there are there are things that you can do and, and stuff but speed just sort of goes away depending on what you're doing you know you just don't have the speed that you could have and like that is a major impact and it really is it's it's one of those things that's easy to just say well it's a lot faster but like because you, you can't see all the million little things that that, that are basically walls yeah. that come down because it's a non-issue anymore you know 
Absolutely. I mean, think about how much video is a part of the internet now. That could never happen on dial-up, man. You'd have to, you know, wait 20 minutes to watch a video. So it, it change, changes the way we consume media. I mean, think about social media. Could have never had the whole, I mean, social media is such a big part of our cultural environment. Social media could not have existed on dial-up. Think about waiting till tomorrow to see if someone liked your picture yeah, right. on, in social media because it can't load fast enough. Using images itself, like yeah. so fluidly, like could only happen. That could never happen with dial-up. And think about the cats. Just think about the cats. Yeah. When we yeah, when we were in dial-up, you'd get like half a cat. <laughs> or a quarter of a cat. Yeah, a paw, even. There's something interesting about half a cat. No, no. It depends on which half, I guess. Right. Yeah. And actually, it is. It is actually very interesting to see actually, half a cat. Yeah. Actually, that's true. In fact, the cat, the need for cat images drove. People well, say true. it was pornography. It was not. It was it's cats. Chicken or egg, really? Chicken or egg? I mean, which? People say everything's pornography. Whenever there's a new thing, they're like, "Oh, well, that was probably pornography." Well, I don't know the definition, but I know it when I see it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, pornography. So, <laughs> and cats. Oh, oh, the high definition. Well, you know, it's funny, and the thing is, the, um, <laughs> um, it's, well, like, is that like a bunch of dudes in their apartment, like the way they define high it? definition? Yeah. But in. Oh, have you heard about this high definition? <laughs> it's a bunch of guys sitting around in an apartment getting high, defining things. It's a um, it's a bunch of English majors. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of English majors. They can't find a job. But you know, it's they funny. Have an English major, by the way. So. It's like it's funny that when we when they had the thing where they announced it, and yeah, the most like sort of impactful way they could describe it was when they told people that story about how well HD movies will download in two minutes. Which, like I said, yes, it sort of sounds like, oh, that's funny. What does that have to do with the? evolution of humans you know right, but yeah. at the same time it's like uh, well a that's relatable instead of telling you some other thing that some people not everyone's part of their everyday life but also that says a lot now more than ever because the sort of like you can no longer safely scoff at things that seem unimportant and trivial because they're part of part of pop culture right. and part of like it, it I don't know if it's you know, Mark Zuckerberg and his flip-flops or whatever but it's just there's so much about that like hard and fast business world that humans operate on that has been intermingled with like pop culture and like and how how much how much businesses put money into some some guy that makes funny vine videos well all of a sudden he's got a contract with some major corporation right, yeah. because people pay attention you know absolutely and it's sort of like and i guess it's just that thing about like as access kind of spoils us or whatever it, it it starts to make those things that we do just because they're goofy and silly, they, they start to become more substantial because they've been so mixed in with, with our real life and how everything functions now. Well, think about that two-minute video download thing. Okay, so how will, you know, Netflix is, is huge. Hulu, you know, Vudu or whatever these things, they're changing the way people consume um, media, right. right? They were born of the speeds that we now have of the Internet. They could That's not true. exist have existed with dialogue. And before them, there was just the models that existed before them. You know, so this is the equivalent to, like, you know, you had radio and then TVs introduced. You didn't just, at first, everybody's like, well, let's just, you know, I don't know, put us doing radio shows on TV. But all of a sudden, you know, the media gave birth to a whole new way of doing business, consuming media and everything. So Netflix was born of the world we currently have. What will be born of? The two-minute, yeah. uh, you know, movie download, and that's just one tiny example, man. Yeah. I mean, we look at, yeah. I mean, look at Google. Google 
you know, uh, I read this book about uh, marketing. Uh, great uh, genius guy, man. Um, Jack Trout and uh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. Reese, uh, something Reese. They did 21 uh, Immutable Laws of Marketing in like the late 70s or something. Great book. Talks about marketing principles that are still sound today. They're fantastic. Well, then a little bit later, thank you. They were totally high. It was high definition. It was high definition, yeah. Um, a little bit later, uh, you know, 20 years later, whatever, um, maybe 30 years later, I don't know, when the internet started to come, he and his daughter, uh, this Al Reese guy, and his daughter wrote this book about the internet. And it was the immutable laws of, like, the internet. And they predicted that um, only, like, Walmart.com and Sears.com and stuff would be able to exist, and they would dominate the internet. It was a horrible prediction. But where they were thinking was they didn't know that Google was going to change everything. Because think about it. If you didn't have search, you would have to type in the URL. And you wouldn't know what to type in. So you would type in the big box names of retail names because that's all you would know from their television commercials. and That's all you would know. Well, they predicted that because they couldn't predict Google. But Google couldn't exist in a functional way in the dial-up paradigm because if you can go to Walmart.com, you have to wait for it to load once. If you have to go to Google, you have to wait for things to load every time. It just becomes a non-factor. So it's the new internet, the one we have now, that allows Google, which totally changed the world of the internet to where it's not at all about big corporations controlling the internet. It's the exact opposite. Individuals can control tiny slices of the internet because of search and social media. And so what in the world will this speed of internet bring to our economy and to our, and to our culture? We don't know. But by the end of this podcast, we will know. We yeah, will know. We'll quantified it and we'll figured it have out. A high definition. <laughs> high definition. Ourselves, we will all be highly defined. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, it's funny that like technology seems to, it's like this overwhelming thing to some people, I think, that cause it, because it's constantly changing and because you can't ever settle on a thing. But, but in, in another way, well, A, it's good because it just, yes, like basic, basic sort of human I don't know, industrial evolution or whatever has sped up and all that but like the truth is there's a lot of there's basically there's components about it that you can't know like what you just said like you like who knows what this will mean who knows but there's all these other components that are so knowable like yes the internet will get faster and then whatever 15 20 years or sooner this what we're talking about right now will be slow and there'll be this new fast thing so there's all these components there's already that there's an article okay, yeah. Google's <laughs> talking about 10 gigs a second they're not there yet, but they're already putting forward plans to produce uh, fibers that can do 10 gigs a second. But anyway, right, right. Well, yeah, well, well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. And it's up to. It's always going to be up to, to companies like Google or Apple to be to take those predictable things, those things that you know have to happen, and make them happen as quick and as efficiently as possible. And then it's up to, as it always comes down to an old town, new world. It's about the people with ideas to make value out of those new things. Exactly. Those predictable That's things. Entrepreneurialism. Right. You know, it, it, you have an environment, and you have uh, it, within that environment you have uh, disconnects. You have things being introduced that are like um, new technologies and whatnot. You have uh, pains. You have uh, disc. You know, like a lot of what Revenflow does is a lot of companies, good companies run by good people, saying, "I'm not exactly sure how to leverage the internet." 
to help me grow my company that was successful before the internet was such a dominant thing. And we helped them bridge that gap. So there's opportunity in gaps. You know what I mean? And this is going to create all these gaps. Yeah, because you don't know, because the environment participates. So these new things are possible. So you throw a bunch of things at it and see what sticks in the environment, like what people like want will determine exactly yeah and and the entrepreneur finds a way to you know to ex to innovate in the gap and then finds a way to monetize it so that you can perpetuate that innovation you know because you can innovate in the gap and if you don't monetize it you uh, came up with something cool and then you still have to go to work on like a, Monday like and a damn school <laughs> <laughs> good thing none of us have jobs but um <laughs> But, you know, whether you, but the thing is, man, you know, it's funny, um, with actually jumping off on that topic for a second, you know what I love, one thing I love about the internet, aside from half cats, is um, this idea that um, people that build WordPress, the open source technology, that do Wikipedia, you know, I mean, God love those people, man. And a lot of them go to work every day and they stayed up late radically improving, like, cultural shifting uh, devices or mechanisms or platforms, whatever they are, I mean, they contribute through crowdsourcing to these things just because they're, they have value to add to the world. And if they can't make a situation in their life where they're paid every day to, you know, do this, then that's okay. I mean, they get to do it anyway, you know? And, and, and yeah, life what they do is important. Exactly. Exactly. It's about value, you know? Wikipedia is one of the few things I do actually... I give money to one of the few internet entities I give money to, but I do. It is a great thing. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I am thankful to the people who stay up and argue about whether this word is appropriate in this sentence to define this thing yeah, that's yeah. so obscure that you can't imagine. You know. Yeah, I like to. I like to give money to Wikipedia. I like to take dollar bills and I slide it in the back of my monitor. <laughs> and, yeah, I just push them against the screen. I don't know. Is that how? I don't know how it works. I think still this, going. with this faster internet, you would be able to just yeah. push money into the screen. I think with this faster internet, it would probably suck the money up out of your wallet like a but vacuum. You can't get near a computer. You guys are crazy. You can't get near a computer. That's what they it said about George Washington. No, that's exactly. not going to happen. They did say that no, about George Franklin. The, but uh, smell-o-vision, that will be happening. That's true. Well, this might allow smell-o-vision. Right, you don't know. Um, yeah, you don't know. The important part about smell-o-vision is the O-vision. That's what we can't figure out. We got the smell part. We totally no smell. We've been doing that for centuries. We cannot. We can't break the O vision part. If we'd have just named it something different, we'd be fine right now. No, but everyone calls it smell of vision. They're expecting a smell of vision. So should we be trying to speculate on, on what, what will, what the, the new, ten gigabit internet will? No. Be? Resounding no. 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 We should absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, we oh, we're like butter and metal. <laughs> man, that's, that's, that's half cat, man. That is some half cat stuff. Um, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. What we should do is we should innovate for the sake of innovation, and we should we should seek to inspire a thousand voices. You know. Rock Hill putting forward this thing that few communities in the nation are doing. 
And most of them that are doing it are doing it by some outside force coming in and doing it for them. To do this homegrown, you know, through Comporium, who is here, born here, run here, operated here, employ people here, it's exceptional. It is absolutely exceptional. And, you know, what we need to do is not fall victim to, okay, since there's a, p- people around a boardroom table that, you know, I just happen to be privy to, and that we're involved in kind of, you know, seeing the early demos and making some decisions and stuff, that now we're going to be in control of what innovation looks like in Rock Hill. That is the greatest wrong, the greatest fallacy. We need to not just inspire, we need to provoke a thousand voices. We need to provoke dissonance, provoke people uh, who challenge everything by using this technology. You know, we need to, to inspire the things that we don't agree with. You know what I mean? Like we need to we need to push the envelope in every direction and see what sticks and let the, let capitalism um, let you know innovation uh, kind of form. So you have you have r- rampant innovation that's not capitalistic in nature. It's just inspiration, creativity, and then you know those of those folks who have to keep working at their job and only have limited time to add value, then crowdsourcing will take care of them being able to add value. But the people who are at the center of managing that thing that is the crowdsourcing thing are entrepreneurial in nature. It's a it's a capitalistic tendency. I know capitalism can be a bad word sometimes to liberally minded folks or it can be misinterpreted to conservative minded folks as being like wearing a tie and working for a bank. But what I mean by it is that to be able to create self-perpetuation within innovation, that to me is capitalism. You know, and that's what we want to birth in this area through this advancement. Yeah, people that, that fail to recognize how much good uh, has come into their lives because of that capitalist impulse do so at their own peril. Yes, sir. None of their half-cats will make milk <laughs> Nor should they. Not even skin milk? But they should. Would you... I, I have a question. This is like maybe off the deep end, but would you support all these innovations if, even even if it meant a change in the nature of uh, what we consider to be the individual self? You mean from a kind of Thomas Hobbes, um, Leviathan kind of? Kind of uh, physical like, features. A, from a Western civilization uh, concept of the individual being a person, because what I imagine is super connectivity between people that are never alone and never you mean apart. A Borg kind of um, outcome. Yeah, but I mean, like I, I imagine like a lot of different little Borgs. Well, we talked free to do what they want. Well, wait, no, you were asking. You were asking. At least part of your question was serious, right? Yeah, no. Because we talked before. We've had, we've brought the question up before on here about like the the demise of the quarterback and is that possible is it is it truly all about this great communal movement is well, everything going to become my, that my you question know? is what happens when humans start becoming capable of swarm behavior well that's yeah that's what i'm saying right. the loss of the of the individual leader right. or the pinpoint and, and i mean i agree with jason i don't i don't think we quite have it in our nature to ever lose leadership in that way and like and sort of someone to helm things i don't i don't it seems doubtful to me. I don't rule that out, but who knows? But I mean, maybe I don't see that happening in the next, you know, 
50 years, but who, God knows if it's the Morlocks or whatever in the, you know, thousand years from now, maybe they are just like, meh, meh, meh. we have an idea, you know? Well, like, I mean, I really, I don't think we understand the nature of, I mean, the, the thing about communication is that there's distance of, of time. There's like, and when you decrease that, then it changes the nature of relationships. Yeah, I would say that, um, that's a great, I think that's a great question, man. I mean, that's a, that's a question that's way bigger than anything that we're talking about here on this podcast. Sorry, my bad. No, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I think that it is the core of the of the human quality and existence that we that we are the antithesis of swarm behavior. That while we are uh, sheep-like often, and we are um, we li- while we um, have fear, we're inundated with fear, and therefore we uh, kind of you know move in in in, in herd-like behavior. And I think that everything that happens um, positive is based on someone, and and I believe that 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 some that individual is a manifestation of the whole. Like I totally believe in that whole kind of you know zeitgeist thing where like I am a I am I am the entire universe and I am a, a single individual. I believe in that whole thing. But like everything that we do is based on one individual, like piercing the the norm or something, you know what I mean, like moving the needle as, an, as a singular individual, and I think that can happen in so many different ways, I mean, I think it's funny, you know, you look at crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing is not about the elimination of the individual, instead, it's about having a mechanism that can actually invite every individual to have opportunities to excel and leap forward and add value without it being through an institu- institutional um, construct. Where you have to get promoted, get promoted, get promoted before anybody gives a damn about what you say. Right. I mean, it's all about allowing individualism. So everything that we do that seems like it's um, moving away from the quarterback, I actually would counter that to say it's actually about making everybody a quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to some extent. And, but that gets kind of nebulous around it's – well, I mean, because it's like – it's true already. I mean, in so many ways, you see how the internet has made us more hive-like, and, and people are. But at the same time, like, it's funny because now I can only ever speak from like movies and pop culture stuff. But it's like everyone does move with this very hive kind of like we all seem to be had this. It's this great inside joke, and everyone has the same sort of inside joke kind of perspective on things. And and at the same time, everyone kind of seems a little miserable with everything in a way. Those people who are more participating in that hive-like consumption of movies and stuff all seem kind of like they do the same things and they sort of hate it and they sort of hate they don't like how movies are and it's all they care about and they don't like how superhero movies have gotten and that's all they talk about and and that's because of the, that hive mind is always self it's always uh, auto was it auto cannibalistic or whatever the word is it's that's not the word is it anyways it's always eating itself so it's always sort of like destroying itself because uh, it's the eat, nature of hive yeah yeah it's the nature of a hive it's like you can't we need change whether we think we want it or not we need the unknown whether we think we realize we want it or not even when we seek safety and the comfort of a prescribed uh, lifestyle or or personality which happens often and it seems like it does happen more than it used to where people just accept a, a uh, tailor-made personality a lot of people do it it's safe Taylor Swift personality. A lot of people say that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but it's safe. But there's always going to be some part of you that doesn't want that safety because you shouldn't and you don't. Whether you recognize it or not, you're going to... It's it's. We've talked about it before about the reason that every song on the radio is about excess and drugs and blah, blah, blah. And then the Lord 
girl comes along and she has her song that's about the opposite, that, of course it's going to be a massive hit because it isn't those things. It is, if, if, if your world is nothing but those songs about excess on the radio, I mean, God, you know, imagine how good it must feel to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think that sort of, that speaks to that whole thing and why we can't ever 100%, I don't think we will ever move in this hive thing and always make well, decisions for each other. Well, I think there always will be um, people that value being individuals and that want to be individuals, hopefully. I think that's important for humanity. But I also think there will be, uh, it will be possible because of technology for certain people that want to, to become, to consider themselves an individual collective more as having less individuality individually. You know, I think it, it gives way for possibilities of new, like, uh, new kinds of, like, consciousness sort of. No, I agree with that, but I would argue, and I, and I, I am biased, like everybody, but I would argue that all of those tendencies, whether they're exploring innovations in, in, in hive likeness or whatever. You think there's an individual there's impulse? There's an individual impulse to explore these types of things. Even if you're I like. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. It's, all, it's really all a matter of like where you stand in perspective. Because like we look at ants and we say, you know, the smartness of them only occurs emerging out of but their. But then I saw the Woody Allen movie and I just it changed my whole ant perspective. Have oh. you seen that? No. Ants? Woody the Allen? Woody Allen. Ants with a Z. It's a Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. I didn't know he that. he, he is, directed it. He's the main. Yeah, he's the main character. I guess I don't remember that very well. I guess that's why Jerry Seinfeld felt like he should do a, a bees. bees life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, you know, there's a quote from uh, Margaret somebody. And no, people say it's Margaret Thatcher, but it turns out it's not. It's, it's a Margaret different Margaret. Um, but it says um, something. I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure. But it's something like, um, something like, don't believe that a small group of dedicated people can't change the world. In fact, nothing else ever has. It's something to the point that it's always a small group of dedicated people that change the world. So you look at what we're doing here in Rock Hill, you know, and you say, okay, we're developing this area, you know, we got a great place where we hang out, cool businesses, cool coffee shop, it's, the village is being born here and we're a part of it, it's really wonderful. And all of a sudden, Comporium, who's given us all internet forever, is gonna put in just these amazing, this amazing innovation uh, and the speed of this one gigabit internet and like, what's gonna happen? And I think what will happen is we can't, you know, it's this big, I'm involved in all these meetings where it's all this collective stuff, right? It's going to be individuals that are not in these meetings. They're not at the boardroom table. They're not part of this event. They're people we don't even know who they are that are going to really come in and kick ass. And that's the point. That's why you do it. You don't, you don't say... God, if we could only control these people or like, oh, well, we don't want to invite them and we could do it ourselves. No, that's why we do it. And so that those people see this as a place to come here and create crazy change, you know? Yeah. And that's what's so exciting about it. So, so anyway, I, I think we've, um, you know, pretty much explored in uh, as, as, as philosophically deep as we possibly could. Yeah, my bad. No, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's fantastic. So, um, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, in Rock Hill over the next 10 years based on this innovation, you know. 
And um, I know there's a short list of communities out there right now that uh, Google's wanting to add to their list that they're providing the services. And Charlotte's actually on that short list. And, you know, that'd be awesome if it's there, too. I mean, the more the better, man. Bring it on, you know. So, but anyway, thanks, guys, for talking about this. And I guess we'll see you next week on Old Town New World. Thanks. Catch you later, dude. And you might as well jump, I mean, if you're in front of a stick that's in your way. No, if you're in front of a large stick that's pointing up, don't jump. <laughs> that's a horrible advice. <laughs>